0: Blob Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, September 25th, 2018, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts Lavendar and Anastasia. Our very distinguished guest this evening is Jonathan Robinson, who is a psychotherapist and best-selling author of 12 books. He's the co-host of the podcast Awareness Explorers, and he's been a frequent guest on Oprah and CNN, and he's known for helping people experience immediate peace with simple but powerful methods. He has reached over 250 million people around the world with his practical methods, and his work has been translated into 47 languages. Articles about Jonathan have appeared in USA Today, Newsweek, uh, the Los Angeles Times, as well as dozens of other publications. His newest book is More Love, Less Conflict, a communication playbook for. You can download his podcast for free at iTunes or at AwarenessExplorers.com, and his website is FindingHappiness.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Kathy, Jada, and Fiona for hosting the Switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for our guest. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk Radio. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click on our page here at Blog Talk and you can get our weekly show notices if you choose those notifications. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888 881 The Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's Discovery of Star Markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. If you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And if you want a stage two interpretation of that chart, please remember, order it about three months ahead of your birthday because we do have a waiting list. So first off this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her ever-popular Starseed News. Hey, Anastasia. Anastasia. Hey, Hey,
1: good evening, Ariel. Hi, everybody. Great to be with you. Lots of news. So much we don't have time to talk about, so I better get on it. Well, now, you know, we talked about last couple of uh, shows about the case of Sunspot, um, New Mexico, where they closed the solar observatory. I have an update on that. Um, This is a strange case of this little town of Sunspot called the Astronomy Town, and for around 70 years, uh, Sunspot's telescopes have stared straight at the sun. Normally, normally, that happens without any fanfare at all. But last week, a couple of weeks ago it is, maybe, Sunspot made international news when residents were evacuated for a week and a half, along with their postal service and, and surrounding areas. And this was in response to at, at the, what was at that time an undisclosed security threat. And as you know, as I've already reported, and as you may have learned yourself, that officials refuse to release any details. Well, now, those details have come out. An affidavit unsealed last week revealed that the FBI was investigating child pornography linked to an IP address in Sunspot and a suspect that seemed threatening. The investigation is ongoing and no one has been charged. The information is disturbing along with secrecy surrounding this evacuation. If you will remember, the FBI refused to include the local law enforcement on the reasons for their evacuation and shutting down the entire area. Keep that in mind. And, well, I think that this is one of those very many dumb No, ludicrous explanations given to the public by the government. The only thing that this explanation reveals is how dumb they think the public really is, or maybe how dumb they are, or both. (laughs) But the truth? Keep in mind, everybody, that this is the post-truth era, and truth is nowhere to be found. Truth is nowhere to be found. So there it is ludicrous it's outrageous that's their reasoning okay we have lots of other things to talk about red algae is contaminating numerous utah reservoirs and adding to the list of the reservoirs that have been invaded by algae this summer officials have now closed panguich lake yesterday due to the green slime southwestern utah health department says extremely high toxins Toxin levels in this lake make the water dangerous for both people and animals. Toxin tests showed microcystin levels at a dangerous level. Now microcystin is a potent liver toxin and possible human carcinogen that causes death of livestock and other domesticated animals. Along with the fires and the droughts, the other problems that they're having in the West, now this, pretty serious when the water supply is thus contaminated. And in Italy, they have had wildfires as well. They just had one that started uh, just today, just yesterday. It's a rapidly spreading wildfire that started in the hills of Pisa, Italy. It's continuing to burn now, gusty winds have created dangerous conditions for firefighters and allowed the blaze to come to 1,500 acres in less than 24 hours. The fire is quickly spreading toward populated areas, and evacuations have been ordered. And there's another dangerous super typhoon on the march. They call it Trami. It's supposed to threaten Japan this week. Super typhoon is called because it's equal to a Category 4 major hurricane in the Atlantic, and it's now spinning toward the islands in Japan. All of these islands uh, should be prepared for damaging winds, torrential rainfall, and the potential for prolonged power outages beginning as early as Friday of this week. They tell us that the mainland of Japan will receive a direct hit a couple of days later if the current hurricane, or excuse me, the typhoon, follows its current track. There's been a tremendous amount of flash flooding and flooding in general all over the planet. Closer to home, uh, flash flooding in Texas and Kentucky have been, has killed two. Flooding in Texas was blamed for one of those deaths, and damage to dozens of homes over the weekend and as the rainfall moved east parts of the ohio valley were swamped sunday and monday sunday afternoon the flooding in kentucky claimed yet another life more than eight inches of rain at dallas fort worth international airport fell between friday and saturday this is on top of other rainfall that they've had and in mexico a flash flood has hit the town of At least five people are dead from that, and they're searching for others. They say maybe nine are missing. After this five-foot wall of flood water crashed through the streets of a town, uh, the town of Parabon in western Mexico. And in Bangkok, floods have hit there as well. Heavy rain on, sen- on Sunday flooded many roads in Bangkok. Stretches of 17, 50- 17 different roads are underwater. North India has also been wrecked by rains. Death toll jumps to 25 with floods and landslides that have wreaked havoc in northern India. Uh, that's really something, and this is just a part a part of the flood reports that are uh, going on during this past week. Lots and lots of water everywhere. Uh, there is a volcano that they call the child of Krakatoa. Its name is Mount Anak Krakatoo. The Child of Krakatoa. It erupted 56 times three days ago. In one day. It erupted 56 times in one day. By the way, this is in Indonesia. It was ejecting lava and dark smoke. They say that thunderous clouds and weak tremors accompanied the eruptions, and the tourists and other people were evacuated from the area. The Child of Krakatoa. Mount Anak Krakatoa in Indonesia. And, excuse me, Azerbaijan uh, was struck by a rare eruption of a mud volcano and flooding on the very same morning. This news report says that bad weather of biblical proportions struck the Azerbaijani capital of Baku on Sunday as heavy rains flooded the city center while a mud volcano violently erupted on the outskirts, producing a pillar of fire and smoke. The volcano sent flames and smoke as high as 300 meters. Cracks, very deep ones, they say, have also appeared around the volcano. Wow, that's just picture that. Oh.
0: Pretty,
1: pretty, pretty scary. And uh, also snow everywhere early. Lots of locations across the planet in the northern latitudes getting a great deal of snow. Now in India, you can imagine that. I always think of India as being hot. But they had two feet of September snow in 24 hours. That has damaged the apple, pea, and potato crops in parts of India. Um, They said that these parts, these regions in India, have been cut off from the rest of the country. I don't know too much about the climate in India, but two feet of snow in India is probably something a little difficult for them to manage, uh, not to mention their crop losses. But those areas were cut off from two feet of snow. In Massachusetts, the Boston Globe is reporting that hundreds of thousands of Atlantic surf clams have washed up on Revere Beach this week. The State Department of Conservation and Recreation says that the die-off is the third event of this kind this summer. They plan on analyzing the clams in an attempt to determine the cause of the mass shellfish kill. Third time this summer. Wow. Now, Guam. Guam is a cool little island. Uh, It's in the Marianas. They had a shallow 6.4 earthquake that struck on Sunday. There was no tsunami from that and no damages or injuries, but Guam is being affected. It is also in the Pacific Ring of Fire, so pretty unusual for Guam, even though it does get earthquakes, but I think it's been a long time since they've had one. And in Yellowstone. A thermal spring near Old Faithful in Yellowstone National Park has erupted for the fourth time in the last 60 years. Ear spring on Yellowstone's geyser hill went from being dormant on Saturday to spewing steam and water between 20 and 30 feet high, a height that had not been recorded since 1957. Wow. Third one from Arkansas. This is wild. I saw a picture of this on the Internet. A mysterious burning hole with flames shooting out of it in Midway, Arkansas, baffles geologists. It's about two feet in diameter, I suppose, the hole. But these flames shot out of a hole in the ground early yesterday morning, and nobody knows what caused it. The fire was burning roughly two feet around, eight feet tall, and it burned for about 40 minutes. A neighbor went out, a resident went out of his house to see the ground burning, and flames coming up from the dirt. Well, they're investigating. They think that perhaps it is methane that was probably the fuel, but they don't know what sparked the ignition. And furthermore, there are many stories of uh, spontaneous fires all over the planet that are erupting where they are suspecting methane leaks. Methane underground coming to the surface, creating fires and explosions. I don't know what might be causing that. I'm not a geologist, but I think it's a cause to raise at least one eyebrow, if not both. And here is a wild story. Maybe you guys didn't know anything about this. I certainly didn't. The world's ice caps are turning pink. Really, they're pink. Algae are turning parts of Greenland ice sheet a pinkish-red color instead of the normal snow white. This phenomenon, caused by algae bloom, is responsible for accelerated melting of the polar caps. Now, the discolored snow that comes with that is also a global occurrence. This is an increasing problem in the Arctic, the Alpine, and Himalayan glaciers. Blooms of red snow and brown ice are turning up in Antarctica as well. Now, as algae spreads over the larger areas of the ice sheet, the effect will be compounded, leading to even more melting. What does white do? The color white reflects heat. Anything other than white attracts heat. A pink algae bloom heats the ice, leading to more melting, and they say that the algae is now growing because of the melting in the first place. But what I want to know is, is, where are these microbes coming from in the sky? I mean, normally that's a pretty sterile environment up there. Well, as the ice caps are melting, the algae is growing, which makes the ice caps melt more. A recent study found that algae blooms can contribute as much as 13% more ice melt over one single season. Scientists are worried that if it melts more quickly, the effects will be felt in coastal areas from New York to Shanghai to Miami as well as in low-lying areas like Bangladesh and Indonesia. And they are really actually talking about building a wall around every ice cap on the planet, going down beneath the water as far as they can go to hold the ice uh, in, in place so that these ice chips don't break off. Now... That's a really bad plan. I mean, (laughs) they say (laughs) that this this will require the utmost capability of the human species. But so desperate are they to avoid the displacement of tens of millions of people from the rising oceans um, and the economic losses that they are actually considering not building a wall between Mexico and the United States, but building a, which is incredible enough, but building uh, walls around the, the um, Arctic and the Antarctic ice shelves as well as the ice caps in Greenland and other places to keep them from drifting apart. So, anyway, that was my ad lib. Just thought I'd throw that in. Well, in our mad scientist department, are you ready? Are you all ready? I need some yep. music to play. Don't have any, though. They have produced human egg cells in a laboratory scientists in Japan have used human blood to successfully create immature human egg cells in a lab for the very first time and this research was published Thursday in science now they say this work is a major breakthrough in stem cell research and may lead the way to babies that can be created in a lab using the body tissues or blood of their relatives This is what cloning is supposed to do, but this is something very different. Now, to produce immature human eggs, researchers used human blood cells to create uh, what they call induced pluripotent stem cells, which are noted for their ability to become any type of cell. These cells were injected into tiny artificial ovaries that were grown in the lab using embryonic cells derived from mice the eggs produced they say are far too immature to be fertilized to grow into a human child still they open the door for babies to be made from the genetic material of relatives dead or alive they could also provide a way for infertile people or same-sex partners to produce a child made from their own dna and we have an accompanying article to go along with that you all know what ectogenesis is? I'm going to tell you. They tell us that we are approaching a biotechnological breakthrough with something called ectogenesis, which is the invention of a complete external womb that would completely change the nature of human reproduction. In April of this year, 2018, researchers at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia announced their development of an artificial womb. They call it the BioBag, and it's intended to improve the survival rates of premature babies and is a significant step away from conventional incubators. Their results show that lambs, which were at the equivalent of a human fetus at 22 weeks, are able to successfully grow in the BioBag with the oldest lamb having survived and is now more than one year old. So we have artificial eggs, artificial conception, which has been around for a long time, but artificial eggs created from any type of DNA and artificial wombs to grow them in. Wow. All right. Well, here's a story from the ancient department Researchers have identified the earliest known animal through analyzing fossilized cholesterol molecules. Thank goodness that animal had too much cholesterol in its blood, because now (laughs) we know about it. And this is from the Australian National University, where scientists have discovered molecules of fat in an ancient fossil to reveal the earliest confirmed animal in the geological record that lived on planet Earth 558 million years ago. Wow. They showed pictures of it. It looks like a big, crabby thing. This fossil was discovered in a remote area near the White Sea in the northwest of Russia and was so well preserved that the tissue still contained the molecules of cholesterol which is that type of fat that is the hallmark of animal life and all humans who love French fries. (laughs) But here, 558 million years ago, this was an evolved animal, guys, not just an amoeba. Awesome. And our last for tonight. Are you ready? We're we're back to the mad science department now, okay? All right. They are predicting that the cloned woolly mammoth will roam Siberia again within the next 10 years. Hmm. Russia's answer to Jurassic Park will be inhabited by born-again woolly mammals in less than 10 years, according to the acting head of Russia's Sokka Republic. This miracle will happen soon. He said we are actively working with South Korea, predicting that the resurrection of the extinct woolly beast is imminent He said back in twenty fourteen a group of my friends and I proposed a project to create an Ice Age park with the live mammoths. Everybody laughed then, but they're not laughing anymore. Now the Saka Republic is home to Pleistine Park, an Ice Age version of Jurassic Park that is seeking to recreate the ecosystem that was dominant when mammoths survived. You know I've been saying when they dig up these frozen animals and collect the DNA, what are they going to do with them? They have lots of mammoth DNA, and they're going to do it. They're going to make some live mammoths to roam Siberia once again. I mean, ah. is it accelerating fast? Are, you, are your heads spinning? Um, if you're over 40 and you listen to this broadcast, you're probably a bit stunned. I think the younger people are used to this rapid-fire uh, shifts and changes that we see happening, and of course they're very much involved with their own lives and they aren't paying very much attention to much of anything. But the acceleration of science and the deceleration of human uh, capacity to deal with it is well, here we are. It's a wild ride, and I have for you a quote. What if you gave someone a gift and they neglected thank you for it? Would you be likely to give them another gift? Well, life is the same way. In order to attract more of the blessings that life has to offer you, you must truly appreciate first what you have and be thankful for it. And that's something... I love that. I think so often Yeah. We take so many things for granted. So... Let's make a habit this week. Let's do something different. I issue a challenge to all of Starseed listeners. Every day before you retire or at some point during the day, I challenge you to make a list of all the things in your life, every single thing that you have to be thankful for. Every single thing. And uh, and then remember to give thanks. Every day, for seven days, do that. And if you're feeling blue, you're feeling down, you're feeling a bit deprived, you're feeling a bit neglected, or even if you just don't feel any of those things, when you make a list of the things you have to be thankful for, just watch what that does to your attitude, your mood, and your level of spiritual connection. It's going to put you in a much better space. And to top it off, the cherry on that Sunday is that you're going to get even more blessings. So let's remember to be thankful. In spite of everything, it is a glorious life and a glorious time. And from my heart to each one of you, each one of you, much love. Have a beautiful week, everybody, and thank you, Ariel. We'll talk again next week. Okay.
0: Thank you. Well, Anastasia, thanks so much for the Seed News, and we will talk to you next week. Take care, sweetie. Bye-bye. Thank you. So... Uh, now, I'm going to get Lavendar's mic opened and our special guest, Jonathan Robinson. Let me just get, no, oh, there's a lot of on the switchboard tonight. Okay. Jonathan, welcome to the show. We are so happy that you're here.
2: Thank you. I'm looking forward to this.
0: Well, G- Lavendar, um, are you ready to go?
3: I'm ready to go. Yes. All Jonathan. right. Take it away. Okay, Jonathan, welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. We've been on the air for eight or nine years now, and we have over a million people that have listened to our Starseed news. And most of the people that come on seem to be talking about uh, ETs and UFOs and abductions and all kinds of spiritual things. And And before we started our interview with you tonight, I wanted to ask you, have you had a personal experience seeing a UFO?
2: Um, I have, actually. Uh, would you like to hear about the experience?
3: love to hear it.
2: Well, I used to be with a spiritual teacher for many years, and once we went out into the uh, Mojave Desert, and while we were out there playing music together, about six of us, some balls of light, uh, four of them, came from the horizon, and... Uh, danced in front of us they were about six feet in diameter and different colors and they made sounds and played music with us for about four minutes and all of us could see them and then they flew off in the distance and of course we were all in awe and uh, our spiritual teacher said that those are uh not actually from another planet. They're beings from uh earth that don't have bodies that sometimes people have called angels or other things and uh he gets to spend time with them because they like him and uh he was happy that they got that we all got to spend some time with them.
3: Was this close to Palm Springs?
2: Um not that close, let me think uh, it was probably a hundred miles east of palm Springs okay
3: okay well, we have a lot of um, of listeners that that um, tune in to listen to different people's experiences that that they have with ETs or angels. So so I just wanted to to ask you that first thing. I I know that nobody else has probably asked you that on a radio show.
2: (laughs) Um, It's not the first question people normally ask. No, I I would give you that. (laughs) Yeah, I
3: know. Okay. So I'll go to the list of questions that you sent to me now. Um, I understand that you've really written a lot of books and you've traveled a lot and you've had a lot of um, interesting adventures and, and one of the things that it seems that you've come across is called Pure Awareness. So tell us how you came across Pure Awareness and how can people experience this piece of Pure Awareness?
2: Well, the great news is that everybody has it. You know, I've spoken to about 60 spiritual leaders, everybody from the late Mother Teresa to the Dalai Lama to Deepak Chopra to whoever you probably heard of. I've spoken to them. I always ask them the same question at the end, and that is what is the best advice you have for people finding peace and a spiritual connection? And 57 of those 60 people said, teach people to tap into their true nature, which is pure awareness. And, you know, it doesn't get that much airplay. Um, You know, people talk about religion or meditation and Certainly, pure awareness can be a type of meditation. But the great news is that we actually are pure awareness, and then we have filters on top of that, like putting glasses on. And one of those filters is our thoughts and our stories and our uh, you know whole sense of, of memory and past and thoughts about the future. But if that can all be relaxed then what you're left with is the peace and the feeling of love of pure awareness. So what I like to do is teach people how to get there really quickly and easily, and I have a a podcast dedicated to that called Awareness Explorers that explores all the different ways that people can get there uh, rather easily.
3: So When did you start uh, with this uh, podcast?
2: Uh, It started about a year ago, and it's taken off. It's been very popular. We just interviewed um, a spiritual teacher named Rupert Spira and uh, Deepak Chopra. Uh, But sometimes me and my co-host, what we do is we just talk about very specific methods that generally can be done in under two minutes that can get people to this, this piece that's always there. In fact, you know... We're always aware. Like if I said, try not to be aware right now, you couldn't do it, you know, because there's always awareness in the background. The thing that makes us special is when you put your awareness on your awareness, then everything changes because that's like a portal to the kingdom of heaven within. But most people don't know how to do it in a way that is easy for them unless they get a little bit of training,
3: you know, one of the things that I notice about some of the clients that come our way is that a lot of them are stepping out of belief systems and they're stepping into knowing. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if pure awareness is very akin to knowing.
2: Well, um, it depends what you mean by knowing. Um, there's well, different that's where you types. give
3: up all your belief systems about religion and all the things we've been taught. Throw it all away and just step into your pure essence of knowing.
2: Yeah, I would say then we're probably talking about the same thing. Um, you know, if you can let go of your, your thoughts for a moment or your stories, that's what's left. And, and you don't have to believe anything. You don't have to think anything. It's, it's there. We are Our true nature is pure awareness. Or, you know, in the Bible it said, be still and know that I am God or I am, you know, the sense that in this moment, we feel we exist. And it's even beyond our identity, because normally we're identified, you know, like I'm Jonathan. But Jonathan is really just a memory or a name. There's something that is behind that that's aware of Jonathan or aware of our thoughts or aware of our body. And the question is, how can we relax into that very natural state very easily and in my opinion and I've I've interviewed a lot of people who said that they were enlightened and they all say what it is is that they let go of their identity as personality and they just let go into this feeling of being awareness that has this this uh, peace that's always there because it's always very present
3: well, they must be stepping out of judgment when they do it, right?
2: Yeah, you know, awareness doesn't judge. Awareness is just a, a like a witness. It's very accepting. It's very open. It doesn't. It doesn't say. Awareness doesn't say, "Well, I like this person, but that person's a jerk." You know, it doesn't do that. Awareness is like a mirror. A mirror doesn't say, "Well, hey, you know, you're not looking so good, so I'm not going to reflect anything back." It's, it's completely open to whatever is in front of it. And that's what awareness is like. So it's, it's really the best way to get out of judgment and into a place of unconditional love.
3: Right. Can you give us an example or two of these quick methods that you use for pure awareness?
2: Sure. I, I can describe a couple, and then at some point when you want, I will guide people in a little guided meditation of it.
3: Okay, let's um, do that. Yeah. Explain oh, okay, it let's and see. then we'll do it. Okay.
2: Sounds good. I'll explain three different methods and then guide people in maybe a minute of each of those methods.
3: Okay.
2: Um, one method I call include. And normally when we're aware, we're aware of very specific things like the sound of my voice, the feeling in your body. And and we get We tend to get very, um, I would call it, contracted or focused on one modality, like, you know, what we're seeing. But reality is very complex. We, We have to, like, shut off certain senses in order to focus on something else. Well, when you do include, you slowly include everything, all the sounds, all the sensations, all the feelings. And you include even that you're aware of all these things. So that it's a way of like opening up to all your senses, to include everything, and that's um, a way of finding peace, and that's a, a nice quick method. Another method, and soon I'll I'll do a guided meditation that includes all three of these. Uh, another method I call the I am method, and in the I am method, what you do is you imagine how you would complete the sentence I am. Like I might say, I am a writer, or I am a man, or I am a uh, husband. Um, But when I complete that sentence, what I do is I then slowly delete what comes after I am. You know, like I can feel into being, I am a husband, because my wife and I just had an anniversary. I can kind of feel into that, and then I kind of delete husband, and I go back to, in this moment, I'm not a husband. I'm just, like, here talking to you. I am. And I feel that sense that I am just an awareness. And you do that a few times, and that can have an interesting effect on people. And then another last method that I like is um, saying, uh, that's the way you describe it, is that, like, you imagine just erasing your body, And then imagine erasing your thoughts. And then what's left? You're still here, even if your mind's quiet. Even if you can't feel your body, there's something here. Well, what's that? And you get in touch with that. So are you ready for a a three-minute guided meditation? Yes, let's do it. Okay. So if people can close their eyes, that's going to be the best. Um, And as you close your eyes... Become aware of the sensations of your body against a chair or wherever it is. And then include the sound of my voice or any other sounds that you hear. So you have the sensations of the chair, the sounds of my voice. Even with your eyes closed, you might see light or images. Become aware of including that as well. And then become aware that you have thoughts going through your head. Well, what's aware of the thoughts? That's your awareness. Allow yourself to become aware that there's all these thoughts, sounds, sensations. Plus, there's an awareness that is aware of all that. And that awareness is very peaceful. It doesn't judge. It just is. It notices. It witnesses. And now imagine that you can slowly take a big eraser and erase your legs, just for fun. Imagine erasing your legs and then erasing your pelvis, erasing your stomach and lower back and upper back. Erasing your arms. And then you might feel like you are located in your head. Well, imagine what it would be like if you erased your head. If you have thoughts, imagine erasing them. What's left? What's left is just the witness, the awareness. That's the real you. And you can feel the peace of that awareness the part of you that is just there even if you're not attending to your body or thoughts. It's a silent witness. And you can imagine a a whiteboard in front of you with the words I am. Now think of one of your identities. It might be man, woman or career or whatever you comes up after that and say I am see some identity and feel into that identity what it feels like to be that person then take a breath and imagine that identity is erased or deleted and you're back to just an awareness in this moment the I am just here no future, no past, just the silent, quiet witness. And let's do that one more time. Think of an identity. It could be anything that you identify with. And feel into that identity what it's like to constrict the whole field of awareness into thinking you're this person or that person what it kind of feels like to be that. And then let it go, like a fist unclenching. And go back to deleting that and going back to the I am. That right now, in this moment, there's no future. There's just an identity of awareness listening to my voice, being exactly in this moment looking out through a body into a wondrous world of sights and sounds and sensations. And when you're ready, take as much time as you need. You can slowly begin to open your eyes. How'd that feel?
3: Well, that's really different. I I, I just kind of... uh... Wondering if I did it correctly because I went, I am Starseed, and then, and then you had had it erased, and then I'm still Starseed.
0: <laughs> uh-huh, I didn't uh-huh. let go
3: of it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> well, it depends what you think Starseed is. Starseed uh, might be a very big uh, experience of awareness for you. So it is. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. It
3: encompasses my my whole life every day. Uh-huh. Because I, I have formulas to find starseed on the planet and I do work with starseed. People uh-huh. that are um highly evolved in their spiritual and, and, and um and perhaps other E. T. awareness. Okay, uh-huh. that's how I live my life.
2: Well that so, sounds wonderful. It was really strange you know.
3: when I went to erase it and and then it just wouldn't erase. <laughs> I'm sorry. I kept okay, I I know what you're saying about I am but I, I couldn't let it go, and and I have to be honest.
2: Uh-huh. That. Well, you. It sounds like it expanded your consciousness, but it might be that Star Seed is is something that you don't want to let go of. There is something that's aware of Star though, and that's an even bigger experience. Um, given enough time, you can, you know, learn to let that go. Of course, Star will come back because that's part of who you are, but. Before we take on different identities, we are this, we all are this, this experience of awareness. That's our true nature. You can't get rid of it until you die.
1: Right.
3: Well, you know, when I do um, counseling with astrological information with starseed markings, I find the masterships in a, in a person's chart, and I look at a chart as a cosmic bank account showing their credits and debits from other lifetimes. So I, uh-huh. so what I do is I take all of the combinations of everything that I'm seeing and bring it into focus so that that person will be able to tap into their masterships at any given time so that they can be who they need to be now on the planet.
2: That sounds really interesting, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great gift that you have. And, uh, you know, you want to... So it sounds like you're able to really serve people with that gift.
3: Well, yeah, it seems to be uh, something that um, I was born to do. I was yeah. I was born to do this. I didn't learn it out of a book or a guru or anything. It was just it was something that when I came to the planet, I knew that I came to do this work.
2: Uh huh. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I as as you. Get in touch with the the quiet peace within. I think what we're here to do becomes more clear to us. You know I, I have this uh, podcast called Awareness Explorers, and what I feel like I'm compelled to do is to give people really simple tools that can get them to a new, more peaceful place really quickly. You know, for years, I tried to meditate a certain way, and I felt like I was beating my head against the wall. It was always really difficult and uh didn't feel good and Then I learned another method of meditation, and it was incredibly easy and incredibly blissful, and it felt great. So I wonder how many people are in that position where they're they're banging their head against the wall, they're using a method that really isn't that effective for them just because they haven't been exposed to the method that really works for them
3: yeah maybe so i've noticed that you've written this latest book more love and less conflict a communication playbook for couples um this is really needed right now so many people are having difficulties in their relationships especially since we've had these wild elections that have happened some people are, are splitting up and and divorcing over politics have, have you found that to be true in some of your experiences with people lately
2: Absolutely. You know, one in three couples uh, belong to different political parties. You know, if you're a Democrat, you're married to a Republican or vice versa. And of course, nowadays with the polarization, that, that creates quite a problem. So I wrote the More Love, Less Conflict book to really simplify how to connect deeply with your partner or anyone in a way that, consistently leads to that really sweet deep connection we all want. So there's a lot of methods in there that are take like 30 seconds to do that are extremely powerful. You know, we're not taught how to communicate to create more love. We're taught how to, you know, make money and and ancient history and all this stuff that's not that useful to us. But most people haven't even had an hour of communication training and it shows you know uh even in our president, you know the the method of communication that got him to be successful in business is not helping him to be uh successful in his marriage for for you know example, so what I encourage people to do is to learn some very simple communication methods so that they can get more of the love that they deserve.
3: do you find that with the Social media and cell phones that people are um, not talking to each other as much. I know I walk into restaurants and everybody's looking at their phone and no one's talking anymore. That's really upsetting to me to see that.
2: Yeah, it's kind of sad. And um, what I find is that different methods of communications have certain advantages and disadvantages. You know, if you're trying to have a really intimate, deep conversation, you don't want to do it by by email or text, which is how most people communicate now. Um, so what you want to do is, is uh, come up with not only a method, uh, a means of communication, such as talking you know, one-on-one, but also a method that helps you to get uh, you in your heart, them in their heart, and to get to a place of, of rapport and resonance where you really connect with each other. And most people, in my opinion, are not good at this. They haven't been trained in it, so they don't know. They think they can communicate well, or they can they can talk, but they don't create a a sense of love and connection with everyone they meet. Now, there are some people who can do that. You know, I've met Oprah and uh, the Dalai Lama and a few other people who are really good at creating connections with everybody. Which leads to a, a humongous amount of success in life because, you know, in life, the key to a really great life is lots of love and connection. So most people don't realize how easy it is. It's not like you have to learn a whole foreign language. You just have to use some very simple techniques. Let, let me give an example. Okay. The, the best predictor of how happy a couple is is the number of appreciations they give to each other. That's pretty simple. So I have couples fill in this sentence. Something I've noticed lately about you that I really appreciate is. Now, I don't know you very well. We haven't been talking for that long. But I can already say something I notice about you that I appreciate is is, you have a real heart for helping people. And you're really curious. You know, you're asking uh, good questions, or they're based on your curiosity, and I can sense the, the desire to really be of service to people. Now, I'm already thinking that, you know, but unless I had that sentence, I might not say it. And when I say those things, it probably helps you to feel closer to me, and that's how you start making connections. Now, there's a lot of methods that are a little bit more complex or... Not as obvious, but by having these tools in your in your at your disposal, it's almost like creating a superpower where everywhere you go, you can create love and connection.
3: Oh, I love that—a superpower of loving connections. That, <laughs> I like the way that sounds.
2: You know, um, I used to be terrible at this. That's why I can teach it because some people naturally can do this. You know, not not many of you, but some people are born that way. And I was always really jealous at these people. Um, so instead of being jealous, they decided to study them and learn what they did. And they all use the same 10 techniques. You know, it's not rocket science. You can learn it in an hour by reading the book or, or taking a course. Uh, it's a shame that most people never get that because a lot of people struggle in relationships. You know, they, they blame, they fight, they argue, they have a lot of conflict. They never can work through the conflict. And, you know, love shouldn't be stressful. You know, life is stressful, but love shouldn't be. And it's really a matter of learning a few key ideas and, and methods that help you um, to connect. And, you know, in my opinion, it's also the best thing you can do for your family and friends and kids. Because if you really want to make your kids happy and successful in life teach them advanced communication skills you know if you want to have a better husband or wife teach them <laughs> advanced communication skills it really makes a difference
3: that makes sense absolutely so um what why do you think that people are so stressed out nowadays is it a, just a comment is it a convergence of 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 toxins on the planet and air and water and and Monsanto, and just make a list, <laughs> or is it just one thing that that you can think of that's really um, stressing people out?
2: Well, I think the pace of life—you know—it's not just one thing; it's everything all at once now. You know, it's uh, everybody is a little bit overwhelmed with too much information, too much change, and life has gotten more stressful, and. We haven't learned how to deal with this new world. I mean, uh, 200 years ago, you know, people lived on a farm, they planted food, they, they didn't really, not much happened in a day, not much happened in a year, not much happened in a decade. Now, if you miss the news for two days, you you know, it's like you've missed everything. You don't know what's going on. And you have to constantly update your technology and, and you know, there's emails, there's text, there's, Uh, phones or you know everything all at once but if we the problem is we haven't learned to deal with this new world most of us and or how to communicate in this new world where everybody's a little bit distracted so there's an epidemic of loneliness and an epidemic of depression just because people haven't been trained to deal with um, the new reality
3: don't you think the te- the technologies that we have now um, have surpassed people's consciousness? That a lot of people, they're they're not conscious enough to really know what they're playing with, with the technologies that are on the planet. It's like Anastasia a while ago in the news, she talked about the cloning and everything. It's like,
0: yeah.
3: oh my goodness, look how far this has gone. And are, are we really up to the task of being responsible for this?
2: Yeah, I'd say most of us are not, including me. I mean, take the, um, uh, there's these devices now, uh, I call them WMDs, not, not weapons of mass destruction, but widgets of mass distraction. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know, we all, we all have a supercomputer in our pockets nowadays, and, uh, I, for one, sometimes am not very responsible with it, you know. Uh, we, you, The average person looks at their smartphone 140 times a day. Luckily, I'm not that bad, but, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat addicted to it as well. And, and we have to learn how to uh, deal with these widgets of mass distraction in a way that doesn't just lead us to being on the surface of life, because that doesn't really nurture our heart. What we want is a depth of experience, a connection that is really meaningful, and and these widgets of mass distractions sometimes get in the way.
3: What do you think of this new 5G that's coming along now? Do you know anything about it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I know a little bit, but the, the tendency is always the same, more, better, faster. But has more, better, faster really made our lives that much happier? No. More peaceful? No. So, you know, we're, we're taught that more in, in Western culture, what I call the Western cult we're taught that more, better, faster is going to give us what we want. And yet, you know, if you give it like 10 seconds of thought, you think, well, it hasn't worked in the last 50 years. In the last 50 years, depression has gone up 500%. Maybe it will help more in the next, 50 years. It's never worked before, but maybe it'll work in the future. Well, no, I don't think so. What really works, uh, you know, I have several books on happiness and in in the real estate literature, they say the key is location, location, location. In happiness research, they say the key is relationships, relationships, relationships. You know, but a lot of people are so stressed, they don't spend the time to really connect deeply with their loved ones. They don't, you know, they they do it through text or email and that doesn't work. They don't have the communication methods that make it so that they can quickly connect deeply, and then they wonder why they feel lonely. Well, they feel lonely because they're not doing what leads to happiness.
3: Mm. You, you know, know I have, I decided not to ever uh, buy a, a smartphone and I decided never to send a text. It's one of my little Hang-ups that I've got right now <laughs> It's like, okay, I'm not playing there At all
2: wow, that, that takes a certain amount of discipline I do I do what's called screen fast Meaning that for 24 hours Every week I can't look at anything with a screen That's good Yeah and, I can you know, only
3: spend two hours a day in, in front of a screen uh-huh.
2: Yeah Right, right Well, you know, that's probably why you're able to Tap deeply within And and serve people is you're not so distracted, and uh some of us have to do that for our jobs, but you know being able to turn off the phone to meditate or uh be able to take some time away is always a good thing. I just did a seven day meditation retreat, so that was quite nice.
3: when the phone rings, I say to myself, "I do not have to obey that
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> it's almost like good.
3: i've I've gone into some strict Uh, discipline about if the phone rings, I do not have to obey. (laughs)
0: Uh
3: It's a little thing I'm going through now. Do you go through things like that where the phone rings and you just decide not to obey that phone?
2: Absolutely. I actually, um, unless it's from one of, like, three people in my life, I never actually answer the phone when somebody calls me. Me neither. If I I wanted to be interrupted and talk to them at that moment, I would be calling them. So I... I, (laughs) You no, know, I, I don't answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I like that so much. <laughs>
3: you know, I'm looking at the time, and I realize that you can only be with us 30 more minutes, but I'd mm-hmm. like to share you with my co-host, Arielle, who has the switchboard. Great. And, and I want to thank you so much for the books that you've written and for all the work that you've done on the planet, and we'd love for you to come back and be our guest. Anytime you have something you want to announce or tell to our audience we'd be happy for even if just for five minutes that you want to come on and tell us something that that you're doing where you would like to have a um, you know correspondence with people or if you're doing an event and and, uh, you want to tell us about it we'd love to to hear what you're doing because we want to support you in everything you do
2: well thank you very much that's very generous I do want to mention that your listeners can get um, something called the 12 questions of instant intimacy at my website, which is com, And these are questions that immediately lead to a deep conversation with anyone, and it's a free download.
3: Okay, good. So until we talk again, Jonathan, uh, I'll pass you over to my co-host, Ariel.
2: Great. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you.
0: Okay. Wow. This is, you know, on on some some levels it's it's so simple what you're saying, and But yet it's so elusive for so many people. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very grateful that you have um, written these books and you've dedicated your life to helping people find more happiness. And I was well, unaware you know, at that first you have, I was,
2: At first I was trying to heal myself because I had a really difficult childhood. Uh, and then, you know, so I was on a search for what are the best, simplest methods out there. And when I found them, you know, they worked for me. And I said, well, maybe other people would be interested.
0: Wow, you know, and that's really the best way. If you know you came from a place um, wasn't all that pleasant, and and that kind of gives you the credentials. Once you figure out how to change that and get out of it, and you know, transmute the 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 pain or trauma, then that gives you the 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 right to to talk to other people about that. Is you know, so um, that was kind of like maybe a, a necessary thing for you to go through to be able Absolutely. to do what you're doing yeah. now. Yeah. If yeah. you if you had like, you know, um you know, the most the, I'll well, leave it to Beaver, where there was, you know, like everybody gets along, everything's fine, you know, that kind of childhood maybe not would uh, wouldn't have stimulated you into um, taking the courses and the direction that you've had. And yeah. I w- yeah. i was you, saying you, that
2: Yeah. You look at somebody like Oprah I, had a horrendous childhood and yet Because she did, she now can be of such great service to the world because she had to go through a lot.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of people and people that have been guests on our show that that found their way out of a difficult situation and then are now teaching other people how to do that. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
0: uh, you know, I'm sure it's... It's not pleasant, but sometimes it's the it's the best way, because, like I said um if you've been there and you've done that, and I'm there now, then I know that you understand because you were there right. too, so that's right. i mean right. that's really you know first hand um, best way to teach is having already experienced that
2: yeah, so have and a website. you also you also get to see what works
0: right. Right, and I mean, do you do you still have um, a, a psychotherapy practice? Uh, I do, uh, although I
2: prefer uh, speaking to groups and writing books, uh, just because I can reach more people. But I do have a psychotherapy practice, and that you know keeps me on my toes and seeing what's up for people. And in that way, it's really good.
0: Well, right, because I'm sure you see patterns. You know, yeah. when, you know this year was the year everybody was going through this or that, and, and you can see patterns and then take those to a much larger audience. So, yeah, I could see how that would work really well to, keep, you know, keep your finger on the pulse of, of what is, you know, hindering from from finding that happiness.
2: Yeah, and I get to see um, what yeah. works. You know, like with couples, I might be on the brink of divorce, you know, if I... Say this, does that help if I give them this method, does that help or do they somehow misuse it? And once I see what really works, I can then put
0: it in my books. Well that's really great. That's really great. It's like you go right from the farm to the table. Exactly, um, exactly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, so um when did you write your first book?
2: Well, my first book actually was me editing a book. I interviewed, as I mentioned uh, previously, everybody from the late Mother Teresa to the Dalai Lama, Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, Ram Dass. You know, if you've heard of them, I probably interviewed them. And I asked them, what's your best way of connecting with God or spirit? And uh, what advice do you have? And so in these 40 interviews, it was a book called The Experience of God. And I uh, basically put it all together. Well, that book became successful, so that led to you know publishers asking if I would do another book, and for my next three books, I ended up on Oprah, so that got pretty, pretty exciting and heady.
0: <laughs> yeah. And
2: uh, uh, then I decided, you know it was a little bit too much excitement, so I, I gave it all up and spent 10 years in a monastery. Wow. Yeah, in which country? Yeah, pretty, in America.
0: You know, in like America, a, okay.
2: A Zen, a Zen monastery, and um, got out about three years ago. i back in the world, and um, you know, in a good place because you know people think that material success is what makes people happy, but it doesn't. It just you know makes it a little bit crazier sometimes. So, the key to happiness, as I mentioned before, is good communication, good relationships, and finding the peace within. So those have been my focus. What are the best, easiest, most reliable methods for creating more love or more peace in life? And with that intense focus, um, I've been able to find things that work not just for me but work for a lot of people.
0: Well, that's great. So you've you've really done the – the the field research, um apply it to yourself, apply it to some select people and then find out, you know, the patterns that are working in which situations and then, you know, broadcast it on a larger level. So I love I love that approach. You just I remember described uh, my <laughs> life
2: really well. Thank you. That was
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was
2: the, that was the best one sentence description of, of my last forty years that I could put together.
0: Oh gosh, I can't even remember just now what I said, but at least it's being recorded.
1: Yes, um, yes. I had
0: I had occasion oh, several several years ago um, to meet some people and went to their house and they were very wealthy and the guy was complaining because he had run out of toys to buy for himself. Mm-hmm. He says, "What do you do? What do you do when you have everything you want?" And I, I mean, I this that to be twenty years ago. And I said, then you have to pursue your spirituality. <laughs> I don't yeah. know where that came from. But, he, yeah, I mean, you name it, every gadget, every, you know, big screen TV, telescope, all and he's like, what do you do when you have everything you want? What do you do?
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, you <laughs> know, I, I, like spirituality. I like to use the analogy that, um, you know, you need a good, like, uh, Landing strip or, or, or grounding for your life. You know, when when NASA builds some um, uh, rocket ships, they make a very strong foundation for the rocket to take off. So you you want a nice, you know, decent home and job and friends. But once you have that that um, launching pad, uh, you know, you don't just redecorate launching pads. Na- NASA doesn't do that. The launching pad is so you can build a rocket and take off. And I think there's an analogy in our lives that a lot of people end up spending their whole life decorating their launching pad and forgetting that having a a decent life is really just a prerequisite so you can explore the higher realms and, you know, take off and and find deeper love and peace and service in life. Uh, But that's not – generally accepted in this culture so people are sometimes well I'll get another car or I'll get another relationship or I'll get another you know, house and they waste really. their life doing that
0: looking for external things when actually the process should be reversed You know, when you, when you develop the relationships and you have that, that spiritual base you've got your awareness and, and, and your own peace then you can go out and, and manifest whatever you want but yeah, you, know, you spend absolutely. your whole life trying to manifest material things without that spiritual point. It's just um, it's it's empty. It's yeah. you know, failure to launch. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. So um, I want to just take a moment here and and let the audience know that if anyone has a question for our guest and you're already on the switchboard, then you just need to press one to let us know that you would like to ask Jonathan a question. If you're listening on the computer, phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1, and we'll get you on the air with Jonathan. So while we're waiting to see if anyone has any of those um, questions, do you, I mean, you've got, excuse me, Three websites now that I've heard awarenessexplorers.com, which is your podcast mm-hmm. and and then you've got findinghappiness.com
2: yeah
0: it's still okay, and then more love less conflict dot com
2: right, and if people go there, they can download the uh, the 12 questions of instant intimacy for free, and those are fun questions, you know questions like, um, well, here's a question for you. Have you ever experienced something that you would call miraculous or you couldn't really explain in a rational way?
0: Oh, well, that's a good question. Are you asking me? Yeah, You're just telling I'm me asking the question. You, why yeah, not? Okay. Oh. I I have many miracles uh-huh. many many miracles in my life that I'm well aware of and grateful for and um you know, I'm just the way that I met Lavendar. That's uh-huh. a whole that's a whole lecture in itself, but but right. it was so, yeah, I mean, as you as you look retrospectively and you can see how all the pieces lined up and, you know, even when I thought I was wandering aimlessly, I was on a on a beeline to meet with Lavendar and and she has been my my mentor and uh, best friend and um, surrogate mom, I mean, you name it, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and that's that. That's one of the probably the biggest miracle and blessing in my life. Um, that's wonderful. Of, you know, yeah, what she has, um, what she saw in me that I couldn't see in myself, and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. brought it to the surface and then nurtured and and flourished in that way, and and there have just been. Oh, so many things, even just just you know, minor little things like you know, like you know, finding a parking spot that's really good every time. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and those things shouldn't go unnoticed. You know, when when you when something that's just oh you know, and you got the very last loaf of bread in the store, you know, yeah. little things like that to me, um, a moment of gratitude is warranted. And the more of those moments that you, that you can, it's like, whoa, that was really lucky. You know, let's, let's just put out some gratitude for that. And that just keeps the cycle, you know, going and spiraling upward.
2: Yeah, that's great. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about gratitude. Um, when I was uh, researching happiness, I, I heard how much gratitude is important for being happy. Well, I had a friend come back from India and said that he learned this magical mantra for helping people feel incredible gratitude. I asked him, well, please tell me the mantra. He said, no, I can't tell you. You'll have to go to uh, India and get it from the guru yourself. I go, oh, you're kidding me. But, you know, he wouldn't give it to me. So I always like to know the best method. So I go to India. Have you ever been to
0: India? No.
2: Yeah, it's a long way away, you know. It's
0: it's,
2: (laughs) it's, it's 18,000 miles away, a lot of money. So I get there, and then I travel by rickshaw for three hours to the ashram, and I'm jet-lagged and worn out. I finally have to wait in line four hours to talk to the guru, but I finally say, you know, I came from America to get your magical mantra for feeling more gratitude in life. And he says, ah, yes, my mantra is the most bountiful mantra on earth he leans in to whisper in my ear, I'm, I'm very excited. And he says, whenever possible, repeat the following words. The mantra I give you are the words, thank you. I I look at him, and I think he's kidding. And he's not smiling. I go, that's it? I traveled 18,000 miles to get thank you? That's it? <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at me, and he says, no, no, that's it is the mantra you have been using, and that makes you feel like you never have enough. My mantra is thank you, not that's it. That's it will take you nowhere.
0: So I'm, like, totally
2: pissed, and I say, well, well thank you. And he said, no, not, you can't say thank you. It must come from your heart many times a day. So when you eat good food, say thank you. When you see your child or a sunset or your pet, Say thank you from your heart many times a day, and soon you will feel overwhelming gratitude. So I'm still disappointed and pissed off, but I figured I'd try what he said. So I, you know, I I leave and I get into a taxi, and there's air conditioning in the taxi. It's like 110 degrees in India, and I go, oh, thank you for the air conditioning, thank you so much. And then I get to the hotel, and you know, there's a bottle of water there, and I say, oh, thank you for the clean water. And I open up. Uh, my computer to talk to my wife and at first thank you for this computer this is an amazing machine you know it does so much and then i skype my wife i'm talking to my my wife on the other side of the planet instantaneously for free and i go well thank <laughs> you for skype you know and and then <laughs> i i see my wife and i say thank you for my wife and tears start coming down my eyes of gratitude and my wife says wow, that must have been some mantra you learned. I said, yeah, it's really amazing. It really works. You know, so so little things like that, little techniques like that, you know, it sounds stupid, but the experience can be one of overwhelming gratitude if you use it correctly and use it enough. It only takes five seconds of time every time you use it. And uh, right. so nowadays I feel grateful a lot because I take five seconds. I say, oh, thank you for this person or thank you for this food or, Thank you for this conversation. I get to you know, I get to do this all day instead of digging ditches. It's it's incredible.
0: Right, right. I, I was when you were talking about your experience in India. I was thinking of the, the 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 Karate Kid movie, Wax on, Wax off. Yeah, yeah. And the kid was like, "What? I came here for you know." And this is what you're telling me. And then after doing all that, he didn't realize he was attaining skills. Right. It's kind of it's, right. like, well, it's kind of a wax on wax off thing. Um, exactly. But yeah, it is. It is so very powerful. And and people, um, in in our culture today, we have so much that we stop being grateful, like little spoiled kids. And it's like, yeah, can you get in your car and push a button and have the air conditioning come on? Or have the heat come on? You know, can you push a button and do this and that? It's like, don't take those things for granted. You know, you don't have to go stream a mile away just to get drinking water or to wash your clothes. So all these things that we take for granted, um, and I've I've been saying this. I'm, yeah, just that makes total sense. Just stop and say thank you. You know, I'm so grateful for this. And, yeah, you and know, that it takes.
2: It takes a little practice, but it's not. That's how. Those are the types of techniques I like. You know, and some people connect with this, some people don't. But um, it's like five seconds. You know, and and unless you do take that five seconds and really try to feel gratitude to God or to the universe for for this gift, you miss it. You don't. You know, you can own huge houses. I know. I I work with some millionaires who own huge houses, but they don't feel any gratitude because they take it all for granted. So it's really a, a very simple method to I, – I call it the the quickest get-rich-quick scheme in existence. You know, five seconds. Here, we're talking on the phone. I don't even know where you are. And yet we get to have this conversation because of technology, and it's free, and it's great. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that that brings up the 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 point of convenience. <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day. How much of our freedom have we given away for convenience? And that's part of the distraction. And, yeah. uh You know, and it's it's much easier just to text somebody um, rather than call them up and say, "Hey, I love you," you know, "thank you for what you did" or, or whatever. Uh, and it's just it kind of bothers me. <laughs> A little bit um mm-hmm. to see as you know the the trends, and I don't you know it's like duh oh, this this can't this can't end up really well um if if people don't wake up, so I'm so glad that you are doing the work that you're doing, helping people to find that awareness and and return to you know simple communication, and that connection um you know people are disconnected from each other, they're disconnected from nature. So they're disconnected from their grounding, from their you know Mother Earth, and and uh, it just makes us easier to pick off. You, you know when when uh, when conflict or 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 strife arrives, if you're already off balance, if you're just it's just easier to uh, to get lost in the shuffle than to stand up and and you know take the lead and help others.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, um, this sense of urgency that we have, I think, is a good thing because, you know, we're always putting off, you know, taking our next step. But, you know, the world's getting crazier by the day, so I don't think we have that
0: luxury anymore, <laughs>
2: you know. It's like it's yeah. time to, to do the the business that we need to do.
0: Right, I'm just I, I'm um looking at this at the uh, the little paragraph I, uh, that you sent about yourself, and could you explain the phrase "how to terror proof your mind"? <laughs> well, what do you, you mean know, by that?
2: Yeah, it means like, um, you know, after the nine eleven, people were very scared of of terrorism. Um, And nowadays, we're scared of all kinds of stuff, you know, economic crashes, terrorism, uh, politics, things like that. But if you can find peace within reliably and quickly, then what's happening on, you know, the channel of material reality doesn't throw you so much. You know, it's like when I was growing up, they had like three stations on TV, And uh, if you didn't like any of the channels, you know, (laughs) good luck. Well, now they have 500 stations, so, you know, you always have a choice. And, you know, we don't have that much control over what happens in the material world. We have some, but not a lot. But you do have ultimate control over whether or not you find inner peace, you know, whether or not you meditate, whether or not you learn how to connect with awareness, And, um, so that's like terror proofing your mind from all the stuff that's going on. And in my life, you know, I like when things go the way I want, but when they don't go the way I want, you know, I still have peace. So that's been hard earned, but I think that's, uh, I have a, a a magnet on my refrigerator. It says from the Buddha, it says, do not try to find peace outside of yourself. Peace is only found within. And I think a lot of us really think, well, if I just got everything to be the way I want, then I'd have peace. But it doesn't really work that way. There's there's always so much crap going on that, you know, you don't find peace in the material world. You find peace within yourself.
0: You have to. And, And if you think you find it outside of yourself, it's only an illusion <laughs> and it'll be yeah. going away.
1: So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's
0: got it's got to come from inside because that's the only thing really that we have control over. I can choose yeah. whether I want to be, you know, angry with you or compassionate with you. That's my choice. Mm-hmm. You know, and we all have that power to choose what to think about something or how to, you know, and when you started off tonight and you're talking about the filters, um mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, people have so many, and even if they think, "Oh, I don't have any filters," well, that in itself might be a filter, you know. Um, but yeah, religious filters, parental disapproval, um, societal filters—I um, mean, the list just goes on and on and on and on—and uh, just taking those layers off behind all of them—that's your piece is.
2: Yeah, and, and your, your, thoughts, yeah. your thoughts are a filter, and they're off, they're pretty much there all the time, you know, that voice in our head. So, learning how huh. to deal with that. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, there's a line, of Bruce Springsteen song I like a lot, it goes, in the end, what you don't surrender, the world just comes and strips it away. And, you know, we're all going to eventually lose our health and eventually lose our life. So you know that's our future. You know, I'm not trying to be depressive. I'm just saying that that's pretty much guaranteed. So you want to be able to find the thing that that will be your uh, your still point, your your thing that is not going to go away, and and that's always inside of us as well.
0: Right, and that's immutable. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, transition from from the third dimension to the higher planes. Um, that kind of peace goes with you, so it's no one can take that away. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've just was about to make a point and it went right out of my brain,
1: um, so <laughs> we may or
0: may not get it back. Uh, um, so, is there anything else? Because I know we're we're coming down the last few minutes here, because I know you have to go. Um, mm-hmm. Any other uh, point that you would like to? i share with the audience.
2: Well, why don't we do a, a one minute guided meditation that I like. It's a, has been shown to reduce stress hormone levels for up to five hours. And it only takes one minute.
0: Oh, cool. And that's
2: a nice technique. You know, I'm always big on try a lot of techniques and find the one that really works for you. So my books are really very brief, simple methods. And when you find a method that works for you, you have a friend for life, you know, um, so it's it's worth a little bit of time, energy, and money to find out to try stuff and find out what works. So um, if people are in a place where they can close their eyes for a minute, then they can do that and and make yourself comfortable and think of a person or a child or an animal you have great affection for. Could be any of those: person, child, or animal, pet. And think of a time where you felt really connected to this being, where you were really having a great time together. And feel your heart connected to this being and your gratitude for them being a part of your life. If you want, you can imagine hugging or holding them and feeling your heart's and spirits connected. And breathe in that feeling of connection. And feel it in your heart with each breath.
0: And when you're ready,
2: take as much time as you need. You can slowly begin to open your eyes. And just feel the calmness of having connected in your heart. You know, and a lot of times you can go from stressed out to blissed out in 60 seconds if you know the right method and you use it. So whether it's my stuff or other people's stuff, I encourage people to... uh, I end all my Awareness Explorers podcasts with the words, keep exploring.
0: I like that. Keep exploring until you find it.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And when you do, you'll know
2: yeah and and you know if you uh find it, keep exploring that method or that idea and and see where it takes you
0: yes good you know, and sometimes the most profound things are so simple that we overlook them yeah, so i have often. A, i have a I have a feeling that so many things in your books are so profound and so simple that it's like wow. Uh, I never thought of it like that or you know oh it's so simple I I didn't even think of it. But yeah just yeah little little things that that uh, that you've been talking about I like it because it's it's simple, it's concise, it works, it's powerful and uh, we just need to be diligent and and practice these things. And yeah, do I
2: mean, a it's, it's of practice if it takes five seconds, you know. So uh, no. I'm a kind well, of a lazy person, it... so
0: <laughs> <laughs> I keep <laughs> it really simple. If you do it once and it works, then the next time yeah. you're in that same situation, then you know exactly what to do. So right. you can you can use it over and over again uh, because there's always it's always new stuff to deal with, but um, and I think I think humor has a great role um, in and holding on to your peace if you can look at things and and you know with more humor than than um you know judgment or disgust just look at it in a much lighter view. Absolutely. So, um, well, I am going to um announce your websites one more time before we wrap it up and your podcasts are at awarenessexplorers.com. Um, you've got another website called FindingHappiness.com dot com, and MoreLoveLessConflict.com. dot com. And do you? I mean, you do still do um, speaking tours?
2: I do occasionally,
0: and uh, uh, don't have anything in
2: the near term future. But uh, people are willing, uh, you know, are, are able to contact me through any of my websites. And uh, I like speaking to audiences because
0: I, I like to. Uh,
2: imbue them with intense experiences which are kind of fun.
0: Oh that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So if you did have a an engagement coming up it would be on one of your websites so people can find you um yeah. if you happen to be, you know, in their geographic area.
3: Yeah. Well that is mm-hmm.
0: wonderful. And Jonathan, I know you have to go, but I want to thank you so much for sharing your time, your methods and the the wonderful work that you've done um, on a path that's lasted your whole lifetime, really, and yeah, empowering I mean, people.
2: That—that's the advantage of a miserable childhood. I got started at age 11.
0: Wow, wow. Well, you know, if it—if you help millions of people because of that, then um, then it was—it had a good ending. <laughs> well worth it. Well worth yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. A good yeah, good result. Uh-huh. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for being with us this evening. <laughs> thank you, Ariel. Remember Appreciate you know any if you have a um an event, something you want to talk about or a new book, just let us know. We'd love to have you come back.
2: Okay, thank you. And and remember, keep exploring. Well,
0: thanks, Jonathan. Okay. okay. And from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy we thank you for listening and we will be back next week and until then find something to be grateful for every day good night everyone you've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com